Welcome to Rogues on the Road, discovered in 1812, naked and afraid under the deep and unforgiving canopy of Central Park. This indigenous duo sold their share of the Louisiana Purchase, swam to Port Chester, and set up shop with their co-host, the Standby Gypsy. From their humble beginnings, Rogues on the Road has quickly become the longest-running and most popular food and beverage podcast in recorded history. So, sit back, pour a cold pint, and tighten your spray skirt, you ninny-muggin. Welcome to another episode of Rogues on the Road. We're still here at the Chico's in Somers at the... uh, the event of breweries the on the f- <coughs> 84 corridor corridor <laughs> ish ish there you go i'm rich I, i'm mad and yep we are on the brews brews cruise I like so that. I like yeah it. it's it's a whole bunch of breweries along the i84 corridor we said in the, in the last one a few of the breweries like a little bit way off but yeah, uh, it stretching works. the definition it, of it, the it, it works it works so we are here live. We're with uh, uh, one of the breweries that, for, for people that are listening, Hudson River, on the other side of the river, Newburgh, New York. We've done a few podcasts in Newburgh, but we are here with uh, Paul Haleko from Newburgh Brewing. Did you get that right? He got that right. Congratulations. Well done. I would not. Well done. So welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Yeah, we have, uh, we have been to your brewery many me? times. And love it. And Thank, love you. It. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. How long have you actually been there? So we're coming up on eight years. We opened in April of 2012. So when we think of the brewery, we think of two dates for opening. We think of opening the production facility and then opening our tap room, which okay. is our restaurant. Uh, April 20, April 19th, 2012 was when we had our launch party at a place in Newburgh called The Warehouse. Okay. And then oh, wait, warehouse the the bar, the restaurant. Yeah, the restaurant. Oh, yeah, ah. they were the very, very first place to get kegs of Newburgh Brewing. And then we opened the tap room. I think it was June seventh, twenty twelve. So about okay. two months later. So you guys, in 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 the grand scheme of brewing, you, you you're actually you, you've been around for a while. We were the first brewery in Orange County, New York, actually. And now there's like 500 or 600, (laughs) something like that. You walk down the street and you trip over a brewery at this point. So, but yeah, when we opened, we were first and shortly after us uh, was actually Rushing Duck in Chester. So we were the first two. That's cool. It is the most interesting building. What did it used to be? Yeah. Thank you. Wow. Great question. Thank you Shows that you've been there. It wasn't just a lie. Um, so the building was built in the 1850s. It was originally a steam engine company. It belonged to the William Wright Steamworks. And for anyone listening to the podcast who's not been to our brewery, our building is a 160-year-old brick warehouse. It's four floors. It's 22,000 square feet. The tap room is on the top floor. And it was originally a steam engine company. They built engines that were used during the Civil War on naval gunships during the oh, wow. construction of the Brooklyn Bridge. And then it was the uh, paper box factory from about 1910 till 1985, and then it was baked until we bought it. Wow. Wow. And if it is one of the most unusual brewery setups because the actual tasting room is on the top floor. Right. And all the production restaurant that's that's Third, down. Second, third. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, really? So half of it's on the ground. That's right. So, and, and, and that's an interesting point that you raised because when we first opened... 
I think that was a little bit of a struggle for us in the sense that people still expected when they showed up at a to brewery see, tap room to see the tanks. Yes. And I think now in 2020, with so many breweries and just the consumer more educated, they don't need to see the tanks anymore. And where, little, and where little, are the tanks? And little green men like making them. <laughs> or the Oompa Loompas. The where Oompa are the tanks? So the tanks occupy floors one and two of the brewery. Okay. And then the fourth floor is our tap room. What? So, but yeah, no, it's a great point because at first people were like, hey, where's the tanks? Is this just a restaurant? Yeah, right. What's going right, on? Right, right. Yeah. It's funny. It's one of the few breweries that really has no visible production tanks. Yeah. And one of the few breweries I've been to that I haven't said, well, where are the brewery? Yeah, right. And Thank it's, you. And right. it hasn't, ha- hasn't... Like, who cares? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. I mean, for sure now, I think that who cares yeah. uh, mentality Everyone, is, everyone's is everyone. Seen them. Everyone's seen them. Everyone's seen them. It's the same thing yeah. when you go to a brewery. All beer is made pretty much the same right. way. The only difference, I guess, for us, but this is true for a lot of breweries, is that we repurposed a historic building to make our Absolutely. brewery. We're not just in a, like a, an industrial park, right, right? Right, right? So what... Newburgh, Newburgh is considered one of the most dangerous cities yep. in the country. Still? Yeah. Still. Really? But it is greatly gentrifying. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's the only place that... Well, it happened in Brooklyn. You can... Yeah. You, you know, you'll see, like, a mom with, like, a sleeve of tattoos looking yeah. like Rosie the Riveter with the vintage baby carriage. Yeah, that's cool. And, you know, like, some random kind of, like, sketchy dude on the other side of the street looking yeah. like something's going down and nobody interacts. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's an, it's an odd dynamic. Right. And such an interesting town, though. And yeah. that had to have crossed your mind when you were looking to open up a business. Yeah. You know, like, I, we had the waterfront. Right, which we is, had the waterfront. But, but that was a... That was a, a gamble? I would say, yeah, definitely was a gamble, but I would frame it with two things in mind and you mentioned Brooklyn and that's a great segue to just say that our brewmaster, my business partner, Christopher Basso, brewed at the Brooklyn Brewery for seven years. Thank you. He is a great guy. We've been best friends since we were like 12. Awesome. But um, when we were planning our brewery, we did think about Brooklyn in the sense that when they opened in Williamsburg, Williamsburg was worlds yeah. different yes. than what it is now, yeah. right? I mean, I think if you read Steve Hindi and Tom Potter's book, they talk about how if they would leave their car outside the brewery, when they would come outside, all, it, it would be, be stripped. It would be on cinder blocks. It would be on cinder blocks, right? <laughs> yeah. So... And, and, and I don't think we're unique in, in our desire to move into a neighborhood and help it develop. I think breweries all across the country do that constantly. But what I will also say is that there's a real financial incentive to open a brewery in a city or a town or a neighborhood that is under a little bit of financial duress because guess what? Property is cheaper. Absolutely. Like, everything's cheaper. Absolutely. And when you talk about the perception of Newburgh, I mean, we certainly wanted to play a role in turning that perception around. But the second thing was, when we opened our tap room, not to say it was an afterthought, but we were thinking, again, Chris coming from Brooklyn, we're a production facility. We're a manufacturing facility. Who cares where we are? It does not matter. Now, I think in 2020, we've all learned that was very naive because of how important it is to have a viable and thriving tap room. But at that time, it was like, whatever. People come here, they come here, great. Our business is selling beer to DeChico right. and Sons, right? right? Um, and that, and that whole area where you are is just boomed in sure. the last five years. I think so, right? yeah. And it's time. beautiful. It's interesting that you say that because I, I didn't want to talk about 
my business, right. but that is literally is the spirits lab in the city of Newburgh. There you go. <laughs> that is literally what my partners and I. Yeah. We needed a production space. Right, exactly. That is it. Right. Yeah. We didn't need it. We walked into the space, which happened to be an old Sears Roebuck mm-hmm. service garage dating back to the you know early 20th century. It's a very cool space too. And we immediately we said, well, hey, this is a. This is a really cool space, and people will will come. But we right. don't. We're not depending upon right. that. All you need is a warehouse to produce. Right, yeah. right. If if people come visit and taste, it's right. a bonus. But that's not your primary. And right. it also, and I'm sure for you, for me, it feels really, really good to come into a city where retailers support each other for the yes. most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we're still infants in 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 Newburgh, but. It feels good that we're helping to turn a city around that yeah. so desperately needs it. And, oh, you, for sure. and you guys were really at the forefront of Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Thank you. Absolutely. I appreciate and, you saying and, that. And gullies. And gullies. May they rest in peace. Oh, May gullies, they rest man. in pieces. Yeah, gullies is like the Titanic of uh, New yeah. right now. You know, Bless his heart. Oh, man. The last year of gullies. <laughs> Sad existence. We we Did had you? both Cream Ale and Mega Boss in there. Did we were you? like, this is going to be a huge summer for New York. In, in the can. In gullies, yes. And yeah. I don't know. I was there Maybe 20 years ago. The and damn, I thought that ship was sinking. Oh, wait. So we, it, so you were there before Billy Joe. So you were oh, there yeah. when it was Front Street. Oh, yeah. yeah. Me too. Oh, was yeah. in college. It's not Front yeah. Street anymore? No, it's called Billy Joe's Ribworks. Billy Joe's Ribworks. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Front Street's gone. That was this where we is, all went in college. So if you're listening and you're in the area or you're not in the area, yeah. this is the west side of the Hudson River, about an hour north of New York City by boat, but probably sure. an hour and 15, hour and a half. Yeah. But uh, Cambix has by train from the city, right? So you'd go over to Beacon, Beacon and then get the ferry across? You can take the ferry across um, or just Uber over. And, oh, that's, and that seems to be. The way what's, to go. What's happening yes. to a lot of um, people coming out of the city wanting to visit Newburgh Brewing, want right. to visit the different restaurants. Some of the best restaurants in the Hudson Valley are in Newburgh, yeah, Newburgh yeah, yeah. Right now, yeah. and have all taken that chance, that yeah. risk. Yeah. But you're, you're, the point you're making is a good one because rideshare has played a huge factor in helping Newburgh develop yeah. because... You know, the taxi system that exists in just in not just the city of Newburgh, I would argue the entire Hudson Valley is not great. It's no, no. not that reliable. Right. And right. not so, very trusting. And not very right. trusting. So right. now that you have this ride share program, if I'm somebody coming out of the city, getting off in Beacon, I'm way more inclined to jump into Newburgh and come over to Newburgh uh, rather than just spend my entire day in Beacon. And, and that's what you're describing, I think, is an important thing for Newburgh. Newburgh needs as much attraction as it can get. It only, you know, the rising tide lifts all boats in this instance. So you want a, you want a Newburgh experience for somebody so they can spend an entire day in Newburgh and do six, seven different unique things. Absolutely. And that is rapidly happening. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. And yeah. the, I mean, the architecture, the... Yeah. Beautiful. It's, it's unbelievable. I grossly underestimated yeah. what the interior of Newburgh yeah. is like. Mm-hmm. And, Didn't uh, uh, George Washington have his headquarters there? Yes. Right like right so, next door so to our right, brewery, right, actually. Right. Literally and on the edge of Washington's headquarters. And not to make this a commercial for Newburgh Brewing, do it, but do that is where our logo comes from. So uh, for those of you listening, if you Google Newburgh Brewing, you'll see our Purple Heart inspired logo because 
When Washington was headquartered in Newburgh during the Revolutionary War, he created the Badge of Military Merit, which turned into the Purple Purple. Heart. Hmm. But at that time, it was the first award that was given to enlisted soldiers, and it was given, given to soldiers for extraordinary acts of valor. So there were three, I believe, soldiers who received the award. Uh, We actually did an entire uh, Barrel Age Brown Ale series where we named each of them after the three original recipients of the Badge of Military Merit. So, but and that just speaks to when we opened Newburgh Brewing Company, we didn't call it Chris and Paul's Brewery. We called it Newburgh Brewing Company. We wanted people to know we were in Newburgh, and and in light of that, we thought, well, if our logo should represent Newburgh in some way. And we went back and forth a million times and that's what we came up with. But yeah, that's really, that's really cool. Thank you. Uh, So when it comes to beers, Mm -hmm. what you guys have certain styles that you like to do. Yep. Uh, You made the best Grosh that I've ever tried. Thank you very much. Outside of, of course, Cologne, I would assume. I I haven't been there. (laughs) (laughs) It was so good. Yeah, Thank you God, kind of do. You do a little bit of everything. Yep. I we definitely want to talk about. Yeah, that this is, one that is so different. But but where, where? How did you guys get your start? Like as far as deciding what beers and to start off with. How do you how do you decide what beers that you want to do? Yeah, I would. Hot take right now. Alert! Alert! Beer, I would say, in 2012 when we opened was a lot more interesting than it is in 2020 uh, in a lot of ways because when we opened in 2012, it wasn't all IPA all the time. So um, I say that to frame this conversation around our original portfolio, which consisted of all sessionable beers. (laughs) Sessionable. Uh, Also not that popular anymore. But um, it was a cream ale, a brown ale, a saison, and a dry Irish stout with peated malt. Um, of which those of those four beers, two did survive. Our cream ale and our brown ale are two of our year-round beers that do really, really well for us. Um, Cezanne and Pete's Most Stout, unfortunately, did not do as well. And we, now it seems like Cezanne's are making a comeback. I hope that would be that would be great. It's a style that I certainly love. And when we open, we did say we're not going to. F- shove flagships down the consumer's throat. We're going to figure out what works and what doesn't work. And that's the uh, benefit of being a small business, right? You can pivot very quickly. It's not like trying to turn the Titanic. And Cream and Brown worked and Saison and Pete Smokestack didn't. You learn from that and you move on. on. And you move on. So um, now our best-selling beer is not surprisingly in the current craft beer market, our IPA. It's Mega Bloss IPA. what I think I am proud of with our brewery is we kind of have both an old school and a new school business model in the sense that we are old school, that we have a year-round portfolio that we're very proud of, that we try to crank out. We are very, very consistent with those beers because as any brewer would tell you, and I'm not a brewer, I'm a CPA, but any brewer would tell you that the mark of a good brewer is consistency. So we have our year-round portfolio, which includes our IPA, Mega Boss, tastes the same every time, great beer. And then the new skills, new school side is the one-off factory, and it's keeping the craft consumer engaged, and we do that too. So uh, most notably with our Boss IPA collaboration series, where once a month we bring a local brewery, or not, sorry, I shouldn't even say local, just a brewery that we're close with into the brewery, and we brew a beer with them. That's cool. And collab. And how collab, does that yeah. how does that occur? You sit down, you discuss. Hey, this yep. is what we were thinking. This is what we were thinking. Let's. Maybe do something in the middle or... 100% right. Cool. So it's, um, you know, it's 
phone calls, it's emails, going back and forth, uh, shooting around ideas. And generally what we like to do, um, a great example actually is the Boss collab we have coming out next month, which is called Captain Boss. It's going to be brewed with Captain Lawrence. So the crew from Captain Lawrence is coming up. And when we asked Scott and his team of brewers, uh, what do you think? And they said, well, why don't we incorporate what we do with Powder Dreams, our you know, one-off kind of New England IPA series. And what they do with that series is they use cryo hops. And that's something we've never done at the brewery. I said, okay, that's cool. So let's kind of... Cryo hops. So that's the uh, like hop powder. Um, gotcha. Yeah. So uh, we said, okay, that's great. That's how we will combine Mega Boss and Powder Dreams into Captain Boss. That's cool. So, <laughs> and yeah. were the collaborations local um, with local brewers? So p- pretty local. I think the furthest uh, south we've done is Carton Brewing. Um, Where were they? They are in South... They're the uh, Atlantic Highlands in New okay. Jersey. Okay. Um, oh, so we've far. done some Pennsylvania stuff. We have a, a, a collab coming up with Funk Brewing out of Pennsylvania. Cool. Uh, we have our first Connecticut collaboration coming up in two months with Relic Brewing. So, And then I'd be That's remiss to not plug this fabulous venue. Every year we brew a beer exclusively for yeah. the Chico and Sons. Uh, it's called the Chico Boss. Awesome. So, um, And it's an IPA that we talk about with them. Right. And you did... Was it a cranberry sour? Yes. Oh, sour. Wow. Phenomenal. Thank you. Yes. A lot of good Thank sour. Phenom- like, there's enough, right. like, it's a good way of putting it. You've got your, your core, mm-hmm. but then you kind of push the envelope a little yep. bit. Yep. It's perfect. And keeping keeping consumers. It's a great way to keep consumers engaged. Absolutely. It is. And, uh, it is. Cause I, I don't I'm know. not a sour person. I am. Sorry, not. That was perfect. Thank you. That, that was, was part of our limits. To, well, let me ask you guys, because I'm always curious. I mean... Are you adventurous drinkers or are you safe drinkers? So oh, let's I'll say, try anything. Try anything. But yeah. at a bar, right, a glass, if you're shopping, like, here at Tachico's, and the, the, the selection is so world-class, it's so amazing, are you overwhelmed and you're like, you know what, this is my beer for tonight when I'm sitting on the couch watching Netflix, I'm going with something I know is going to be good, or you are you purchasing because you're That's like... a really good question. Let me try this. I've never heard of this brewery before. See, I have safe beer. Yep. Which is Pilsner. Yep. And then... Like Pilsner I, or Cal or Stella or something. Yeah. Um, if I'm feeling adventurous, I'll get a six-pack of something that I've never heard of. Now, never... So even the brewery you've never heard of, or just... So you'll take a chance on a brewery? Yeah. Okay, good for yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. You I, too? I stay... Uh, I, that's a really good question. I stay safe unless I have guidance. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I think that's one of the reasons that and I'm not plugging De Chico's. Absolutely, though. But that's one of the reasons why I love De Chico's is... You can try it all. Everyone here can... Because sometimes when you feel overwhelmed, um, because there are so many different yep, styles... Right. And it's kind of it's kind of nice because the guys at they're like uh, I said you know do a six do a nine okay yeah okay <laughs> and right. you come into something right. that you haven't or they'll ask you what you right. are used to right and then make suggestions to maybe push your boundaries a little further but you're on the same page right they're like Amazon right. but beer absolutely De Chico recommends yeah so I what I, the way I view it is you build your credibility through your core portfolio which lends the allows the consumer to take a chance on your one-off specialties so yeah. if they really enjoy Newberg Mega Boss or Captain Lawrence Kolsch, that means when Newberg comes out with a one-off or Captain comes out with a one-off, they're like, you know what, I am going to get that yeah, because gonna, I trust this yeah, brewery. Right. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. So. And I think less is more. I think, uh, you know, some, some breweries put out just, I mean, there's 
Right. Ten Too much. There's right. ten different expressions right. on the shelf. Right. And I don't... With ten labels that tell you nothing about what's right. in there. Right. <laughs> and there needs to, there needs to be a, a binding cohesiveness yes. that helps make them who they are. Right. You yep. Know, you being... You know, there's a, actually a lot of Hudson Valley breweries that, yes, there that are. do that. Um, but there are many that just go, you know, who are you? Right. Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah. yep. All right, so we've got two beers here in front of us. Yes, we do. What do we got? And a pretzel. This I've been and dying to try. Yeah, I don't know if you see the size of this pretzel. Yes. I know, I'm s- staring yeah. at it. It's so good. Um, so we have two beers here, and they lend them. S- it's, it's kind of perfect pairing because the darker beer... Uh, incorporates this lighter beer. So let's talk about the lighter beer first. So what we have here is Perfect Wheat. Cheers. Which Cheers. is our traditional German Hefeweizen. Okay. Except brewed with 100% New York State ingredients. Um, and it's everything you love about a traditional German Hefeweizen. That yeast really shines. Yep. Meaning you get a lot of the banana and the clove. Yeah. And, but it's very I, refreshing and drinkable. My palate always, when it comes back to German Hefe's, always... Mm. My baseline is Franzi's Conner. Of course, yeah. I think it's everyone's. And it's, uh, unfortunately, it was my, not unfortunate, it was my first experience. I've had many, but that's where my palate is set at, yep. and I kind of weigh that out. Right. It's a monk beer. Okay. But this is very traditionally yep. Heffa. It says Germany all over it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And not not heavy, still crisp, but I love bananas and clove. And, and outside of the brewing part of this beer... The background of deciding to make it, call it the business end of the beer. This was really, yes, it's a style that we love because we do love traditional styles. There's a reason Hefeweizens have been around for hundreds and hundreds of years. But when we're talking about the business of brewing, we saw this as a real hole in the craft segment, at least here in the Hudson Valley and in New York. There's I mean, no, there's who's a- making a traditional German Hefeweizen? Right. So we said, let's do it. Let's do it. Um, and I will say, so it rolls out into mass distribution in April through our wholesaler Manhattan Beer, but it, this thing crushes in our tap room. I mean, we fly through this beer in the tap room. It's because it's still, it's, it's still cr- fresh, crisp, clean. It's not super malty. It's yep. not heavy. I can sit down easily have a pint of this. Me too. And I'm gonna have like nine pints after this podcast. No, no, I'm Nuba. Yeah, but um. Yeah, it uh, and and in the packaging too, I would say we also veered from our standard packaging, which is four packs of sixteen ounce cans. This is six packs of twelve ounce cans. Oh, good. Because we thought, yeah, right. Four you know, packs should be just yeah. crush them, right? Yeah. Like boom, twelve ounce can gone. Real four quick. packs the new thing in it, for sure. Oh yeah, well the sixteen ounce cans, for me it's sometimes a little too much. Yeah, yeah, especially and, depending and then, on the style. So, yeah. so I get two thirds of the way through, yeah. and the beer is right. gone flat. Eh. Right. So I prefer twelve yeah. ounce cans. I got you. Well, I, I, you know, I also have a two year old and a six month old at home, so I can guarantee you the number of times I've fallen asleep on the couch halfway through a sixteen ounce, ounce can is quite what quite frequently. I know it is a waste, but eh, what do you you just put a little in the sippy cup. Right, <laughs> everyone's uh. happy. <laughs> So All then, right, and then we go. So this I've been dying to try. Okay, cool. So uh, so we just had our Perfect Wheat Hefeweizen. Quick question. Yeah. Does the pretzel come into this, or is it totally separate? The pretzel doesn't come okay. into the beer, right. unfortunately. Okay. That is just for me to put into my mouth hole and chew and eat okay. once we're done. But um, a perfect accompaniment. To, oh, for sure. To, it's a traditional to, Bavarian to, pretzel. To a Hefe yeah. is to sit down with that and a bratwurst. And it, yeah. looks, it looks kind of good right there. Yeah. 
It does. Yeah. It looks really good on the screen. And Maria's watching, so it, was, it, Hi, wasn't, it wasn't made with lamb. <laughs> so the, the darker beer that everyone's about to see here. Cheers, Cheers. guys. Um, Cheers. Okay, so this beer is called Bananas Foster. And, mm. So this beer is a blending project. And it's a blend of... With bourbon? Well done. So that it's blend comes of... comes right out of it. So it was... Tastes like the a It's the Hefeweizen that was aged in Copper Seed Distillery bourbon barrels and also our Dunkelweizen, which uh, we don't brew that often. We brewed the last time two years ago. It's called Uncle Dunkel and <laughs> also aged in Copper Seed barrels. And we blended them together uh, and we called it Bananas Foster because we thought it had a lot of the same. Exactly. Right. Creme, that dessert. That creme brulee yes. that you get from like... A, yeah. You know, car- caramel from the burnt barrels, and right. That's actually that's really good. Thank you. Heavy. It's heavy. It's I, heavy. I don't, I don't want. I don't want much of it. No. But I, but I love it. It's uh, you know, it's, it's got a little lingering sweetness as well. Um, it definitely has those, those whiskey bourbon, bourbon yep. flavors. Uh, they really shine through in the beer. Uh, and this was, you know, a small batch. We didn't distribute this beer. That's fun. It's only in our tap room and at the Chico's. So we we sent it out to a couple of special events. But, uh, you know, this is a good example of where the craft beer industry is to yeah. me, that this is, this can, this can succeed in a brewery tap room, but to try to push this out into the market, into wide distribution, it's not, right. what, not yeah. where the market right. is right now. Right. And right. knowing that is, is smart. very smart and key. Yeah. 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 yeah you should, I mean, you have to. Uh, and, and again, it goes back to this idea of 2012 versus 2020. And uh, I'm not saying this beer might have crushed in 2012, but I do think the um, the the doors that would have been open for this beer at that point would have been more plentiful than they are right now in 2020. Also, realistically, you know, t- taking barrels like that, barrel aging beer is not as easy as it sounds. Yeah. You really ha- you can't have any headspace in the... Right. There's a balance... Yeah, and to mass produce something like that? Yeah. Th- oh, impossible. Yeah, forget it. Yeah. Forget it. But knowing that there is like this cool Copper Sea distilling is one of the coolest small distilleries, craft distilleries. They're up in New Paltz. Oh, yeah? Um, they actually have one of the few actually fire. Oh, yeah? Right? Yep. Fire fueled oh. uh, stills, which what? is incredibly. Why haven't dead. we been there? I don't know. All right. Do you know Christopher? Have you met Christopher? I think I've met him yeah. once or twice, but I, I and I haven't been up there, but I'm dying to go oh, up there. Let's do it. Okay. All right. All right. They have a um, tasting room now. Do they? Yeah. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Cool. But this is a phenomenal... I would actually love to make a cocktail out of this. Oh, there you go. Am I allowed to plug your business right now? Sure. Okay. Okay. Because that was a good segue. That was a good segue because uh, we have a spectacular blood orange old-fashioned on tap in our tap room courtesy of matt and spirits lab right now which is pretty awesome it's a huge hit yeah and, you know a in our quick, tap room a quick sellout i hear <laughs> well you know it is what are we on our fourth I, keg or third keg third yeah, keg? i think third third keg third? in less than a month yeah which I, is wild that's awesome which is actually 25 bottles each which mm-hmm. is crazy so 75 bottles 75 bottles out of the new Bird brewing tap room yeah <laughs> And, it, yeah. and this is actually one of the cool things about collaborating. And we went in to do our pop-up. Yeah. Yeah. We just did a pop-up. And I went in. I wanted to sell. What beer are we going to sell during our pop-up? Right. I was with the New Bird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why not? And we did the uh, cranberry sour. 
Yep. Yep. Yeah, cranberry. Yep. Mega Boss. Yep. And Cranberry Sour was the Litmus. Yeah. We did one other. There Maybe Cream is. or Brown, I think. I forget. We but did yeah. the cream. Cream, right. yeah. And uh, we just started chatting about, like, hey, you know, we're getting going. It's taking time. We're not, yeah. we're not quite there. And, you know, we're thinking about doing cocktails. And he's like, I'll give you a line. I'm like, yeah. all right. People okay. love it. It's okay. crazy. And it's, it's a departure from our standard taproom operations because we do have a full on-premise liquor license, but we have always chosen not to serve liquor in our tap room. Right. We have beer, we have local wine, and we have local cider. Uh, so this is our first liquor offering in the I've tap room. I've never heard too. of cocktails on tap. Mm-hmm. Is that like a new thing? Is it's, it, are people doing it? It's becoming more popular because, you know, if you know when, like you, wine when, you, on tap. when you get into craft cocktails, bartenders, you know, some of these cocktails take five minutes to yeah, make. Exactly. Yeah. And that's that's your tip money. You yeah, know? for right. sure. And, you know, Manhattans, Negronis, Boulevardiers, Old Fashions, you know, if those can just come out as quickly as, as a, a tap, like, yeah. uh, it, it makes sense. So a lot of restaurants will do it themselves. Right. Yep. And batch it up. Right. And, um, but this was a recipe that I had done for, um, uh, for Rivertown Markets. Okay, yeah. And we just had an incredible response. I'm not a mix of that. Like, I'm, I, nope. uh, don't, don't sell no, yourself no short. Beard. Beard. No, you yeah. don't have the sleeve tattoo yeah, and the beard the and the, right. uh, the bowler hat, but, but, but you know what you're doing. Honored that you guys took us in and... Um, Sounds like it's a winner. Yeah, it's awesome. And That's it cool. was a legitimate conversation, too. Right. It wasn't you coming. I mean, you came in to buy cans for your pop up. Right. And then when we said, well, we want to put a spirit on t- or a mic- you know, a cocktail on tap, it wasn't just, oh, I have this, take this. It was like, well, what do you guys think? Right. And you yeah. gave me some. We talked right. it through. And Try this. We're going to do it again in the right. spring when we get ready right. to crush on some kind of gin cocktail right. or something. And that's. That's what I love about this business is there's still, I mean, there is, there's some, this business is not easy. No. And, and they're so broad and it's very broad, but there still is a core group of, of producers that, that are, are artisans and absolutely love what, Hey, listen, it's a business and we all have to make money, of course. Yeah. but we still love what we do. And I think. As artists, we can still do that and make money and work mm-hmm. together and work together, yeah, that's, and it be that's awesome. and it be honest and true. Right, right. And do you like this? No, right. absolutely, absolutely. And mm. I, I love that. You know? Yeah, but me this too. just makes I'm like, Ooh, let's make a cocktail around this. I yeah, think that would fun. work really well. That's fun. Yeah. Oh, an ice cream. We'll have to play around with it. Rising tide lifts all boats. It really does. Apart from gullies. Apart from poor gullies. <laughs> I, I think a rising tide would have sunk gullies because of the structural integrity yeah. of the hull of that ship. The but. end of an era. Yeah. Yes. The end of an era. We were talking to someone the other day and they break into gullies. They broke into gullies they broke and into went gullies. downstairs for something. What was it? They, they Bottles of liquor? Uh, I, I don't know. They, it, it's, it still has some original yeah, so stuff in there. If you're listening, this is a barge in Newburgh on the west side of, of the river. Which used to be a bar. Which used to be a bar, and it, it, it was floating at one point. Yeah. And it was there for years. And then it shut down. And then it sunk. And then it kind of got into the sediment and kind of sunk. Oh, I know who it was. Who but went they, in there. Can't, yeah. they can't move the barge at this point. They can't move the barge at this point. Yeah. They need a... It's just... It's grounded. Yeah, it's kind of like a suction yeah. cup, you know, yeah. when it gets into the sediment. But if you're does. a New York City listener, think of the... Think frying pan, except not anything like the frying pan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's it, the frying pan? It's a... 
nice boat on the Hudson in, I guess, Chelsea-ish yeah. neighborhood. Yeah, and uh, it's gone down. Yeah, no, that one's still thriving. No, that still one's thriving. still crushing. So, yeah. um, just think of oh, okay. the opposite of that. Yeah, right? go if you're to, trying yeah. to picture gullies, <laughs> yeah. yeah. but it's still also crushing. You know, buckets of Corona. I used to work on Wall Street. That was our Friday night place in the spring and the summer. Gullies. Oh uh, no, 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 no! Frying, frying pan. pan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, frying pan. All right. So. On that note. On that note. So like, where do you where do you see you guys? Um, this could be a loaded question. Yeah. We we're we're going to wrap this up, but where do you see you guys? Where do you see yourself five years from now, ten years from now? Where do you see the brewing industry? And again, that's a big loaded question. Yeah. Is yeah. there an answer to that? Because it is exploded. It's exploding. It's I like the show. I do. I I do think there's an answer to that. I think there's never been a more important time to focus all your energy and effort on your own backyard because with so many breweries everywhere the further you get from your brewery the more difficult it is to sell your beer and i have no illusions about how delicious mega boss is or delicious our cream ale is but once i go into pennsylvania i can guarantee you there are five pennsylvania breweries that also make a delicious ipa and make a really good cream ale which means you got to be focusing on the 30, 40, 50, 60 miles that surround, are right, you, surround right. your brewery yeah. and making sure and you're focusing on those right. accounts and, and selling them And be okay beer. with it. And be okay with that yeah. because we're fortunate to be in New York and lower New York where there's a lot of beer that could be sold. Yep. And we don't have to look right. far right. and wide. Right. And I do think, yes, breweries keep opening. I'm not ready to call what's happening in craft beer a bubble. But it just does seem to me that inevitably there are going to be exits. Yes. Um, it just it's yes. it's capitalism. Yeah. It's it uh, doesn't make sense. There's yeah. there's there's getting to the point where there are too many. So right. I do think there's going to be a point where those of us I hope knock on wood Newberg Brewing is one of them weathers that storm and you know comes out of that even stronger with more opportunity right. because now there are more draft lines and shelf space to to be had. I think not knowledge is key in that, yeah. and forecasting that is important. And you obviously have a grip on that. And, yeah, yeah. And, and that's a healthy attitude. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, because yeah. it probably will happen, and yep. I will swim against the tide. Right. Because look, when you open a new market, it's always great at first, and you pop in the new market because yeah. you're the new kid, and that's you're great. Like, oh. Yeah, whoa, so we're going to sell how much? And, uh, and nope, it's not the TV new. industry. It's right. not, it's not right. sustainable. It, right. Correct. Right. Uh, and then if, you, if you're building your business model about based on those pops, right? So now it's like, okay, let's go to a new market and let's pop there. Let's go to a new market and let's pop right. there. It's right. like, well, no. Let's focus it's, on there, what it, this isn't, right. There's no right. magic trick to this. It's right. about grinding it out, and you need to grind in your backyard. Yeah. You need to be trying to get the draft lines. And, and also, you know, First to cool, last to profit is what Steve Hindy said in his book, Beer School. And, you know, maybe being on a draft line at Buffalo Wild Wings or TGI Fridays isn't the coolest thing in the world. But But you know what? I'll take it. Those guys pump volume. Absolutely. And they run their business professionally. They're a pleasure to deal with. And that's worth its weight in gold. we'll gladly take you up on that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. So, um, well, thank you, guys. This was great. Thanks for having us. Fun combo. We have... We have ha- we've interviewed a lot of breweries, mm-hmm. and every single I gotta say every single it's always different, mm-hmm. it, and there's always some kind right. of new. Everyone's got their own story, mm-hmm. and that goes into what you were saying about right. 
keeping it in your own yard right. kind of thing. Yeah. And I haven't been to many breweries that you just walk in and feel the love and it's such a good scene, man. It's Thank you very much. Oh, I really I appreciate it. you saying I love that. It. It's, it's cozy. It's welcoming. That was our and, goal. And fun. We and wanted to make it family friendly, inviting, in the fun. tradition of a very yeah. yeah. You can play standard German hall beer hall in there. Yeah, huge mm-hmm. hall. Yeah. And and we Brilliant. recently saw a um, you oh, yeah. guys hosted a nonprofit event for. Um, Hudson R- Keepers? Hud- uh, Riverkeeper. River yes, we did. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Undamming the Hudson. So it's yep. good to see, like, just good, good stuff. Community shit. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. guys. All right. Thanks, Thanks for coming. Well, My cheers. Pleasure. Thank cheers. you so much. Check and, out uh, the Newburgh Brewery. Newburgh, Brewery, Newburgh New York. Uh, right up on the Hudson River. Just Google it. GTS it. <laughs> Later. Thanks for stopping by and listening in. Check us out as well as other great podcasts at Food and Beverage Magazine's Podcast Network. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And remember to eat, imbibe, and dream. See you next show.